Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work. They're illegal. With the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. And to Peoria we go to say good morning to Paul and welcome him to Mark and Neanderthal's middle school. You are now officially enrolled. Three questions, get two out of three correct. You graduate. Great. All right, Paul, we're going to ask you some questions about Mick Jagger today. He just put out a, a solo song online that we can maybe talk about a little bit later on. But let's ask some questions about Mick Jagger. For instance, what was Mick Jagger doing when the Rolling Stones were formed and started playing? Was he studying business at the London School of Economics? Was he working in a clothing store? Or was he working as a unicycle riding mime? Just a clothing store? Uh, no, no. He was studying business at the London School of Economics. It's amazing how many of these legendary musicians started out as like business school graduates or art school Art students. school was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. They, you know, uh, Clapton and Jimmy Page, all these guys went to school for art and business and accounting, and somebody gave them a guitar and changed everything. What a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your next question, and you'll have to think very carefully about this one. What is the difference in age between Mick Jagger's oldest child and his youngest child? Is <laughs> we did it this before? Yeah. Is it twenty six years? Is it thirty six years? Or is it forty six years? Hmm. Thirty six. Uh, it's forty six. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because yeah, he just had a kid like two years <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <laughs> I think he has a, a four year old and a fifty year old. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so fifty year old is old enough to be the four year old's grandfather. <laughs> yeah. But they're bros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my little brother. My yeah. really little brother. Yeah. He's sneaking him into bars and everything now. <laughs> All right, so here's your last question. What movie role did Mick Jagger audition for but not get? Was it Forrest Gump? Was it the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket? Or was it Dr. Frank N. Furter in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? The Rocky Horror Picture Show? You yeah. did. You nailed it. Okay, yeah. that's really the only one that makes sense. I don't think the drill sergeant thing was going to play. Yeah, by the way, I, I just, I'm thinking back to the original, um, you know, the, the previous question with the 50-year-old and the 4-year-old. It's a situation where hand-me-down clothes could literally be going past generations. <laughs> Two entire generations from one brother to the next. All right, man, hang on. He could literally have an original Smoking the Bandit Trans Am to hand his little brother when he turns 16. You know, (laughs) it's really a funny, I mean, when you think about Mick Jagger, you could never go to Mick Jagger and say, why don't you do something interesting with your life? I mean, the guy, if you can say one thing about him, he has not led a boring life. And the song we're talking about, we we, uh, we heard a little piece of it yesterday. It's something he worked with with Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters, who's now worked with both Paul McCartney and Mick Jagger. And, by the way, also Kurt Cobain. So he's now worked with three of the most important musical figures in the history of rock music. Yep. Pretty cool. This being mid to late April right now. It's we, mid-April. We have another one of these reminders. Okay. The annual reminders that we get here in Arizona. You know, you you get the old, remember to hydrate when it's 114 degrees out, okay? Yep. yep. These reminders that we really don't need, but... We also need, don't need do. to tell people not to eat laundry detergent, but apparently we do. Yeah. So one of these reminders was out yesterday. I saw this. There was an article about rattlesnakes. 
Thirteen right. different different breeds of rattlesnakes here in the in the valley. There are all kinds of information in this article about rattlers, and uh, you know, one thing is that rattlers can't hear. They don't have ears, so they measure the vibration. You know that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. if you walk heavily while you are on. A hiking trail, you have less a chance of startling a rattler, which is when you have a big chance of getting nabbed by a rattler, right? Okay. So, sure. Um, all that stuff they talk about and how, you know, if you get bitten, you can wash the wound, but they had a list of things that you should not do. And some of these things actually make sense. Like, if you got bitten by a rattler, you know you're going to swell up. By the way, this is all stuff for our new afternoon person, Karen D'Alessandro. We're here just to try and make her feel welcome and a safety tip for her. Just a tip, just for a second. Gotta learn these things. Yep. So do not apply ice to the area of the bite. Okay. Now, that's ice. a good piece of advice because what would your instinct be? If you start to swell, the swelling. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they that's say what you don't do. do that. Why not? Um, do not make any incision of any kind to try and release venom, you know, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah, doctor, you uh, know, like, like, like you do that with a bee sting. You try and push the stinger out and stuff, yeah. Do not use a constriction band or a tourniquet. Again, that might be somebody's instinct to do that. Yeah, and in, in fact, that's always that goes counter... Connor, to what everybody always tells you to do whenever you have some sort of a, an injury, they say, quick, get a tourniquet to stop the bleeding or whatever. Yeah. This is not that. This not is that absolutely situation. don't do that. Um, it says do not administer alcohol or drugs. And, you know, you know, obviously you keep the person as stationary as can. Yeah, the you last to, one, yeah. though, the last piece of advice they said on what not to do confused me. It says do not use electric shock treatment. Huh. Is that a thing? Well, is that something people do? I can only say there's a reason why they've included that in the list of things not to do. What is that reason? Someone did it. <laughs> someone someone just sat back yeah. and went, Tristan, Braden's been bit by a rattlesnake. Quick, get the jumper cables. Yeah, I, I look at that. I'm like, do people have... Things set up in their home so that they can administer electroshock. Do they have well, it set up in their car? Well, I have I have a tens machine. Like if you have a bad back or you have something like that, I don't know that you carry yeah. that while hiking. And you yeah, think to yourself, but can you do electroshock treatment with that? I mean, that is you know that's a is that like right, how many people are carrying a defibrillator with them when they're out on, right, the, on the trail? Uh, yeah, and, and, Clear! <laughs> and would that and would that qualify as electroshock? I don't know. I mean, the, to me, that's like you know attached um, attached to the brain, hit it yeah. in that spot, and you urinate uncontrollably. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. Which, by the way, is likely to happen if I get bit by a rattlesnake <laughs> anyway. So I don't true. need an electroshock that's for that. Right. That's All right, right. droogies, we're about to attach the, the the terminals. I think that is so strange. Very strange. Not to administer electroshock therapy as if that were the first instinct. Well, hmm. uh, you know, I, yeah. I mean, what what comes after hold my beer? It's almost <laughs> like you're the Terminator and you're like, okay, here's the list of bad decisions on my scanner. Yeah. Electroshock. The, I, hmm. Look, I, again, I have to assume someone did it. Yeah. The I, ice, the ice, yeah. I understand that would be a normal response. The tourniquet, I get that too. Mm-hmm. Don't try to cut the, you know, cut the, the, the swelling part out. Like, you know, like if it swells up, you cut around it and try and get all that out of there. Right. No, don't, you don't do don't that. Don't do any of those things. Yeah. That all makes sense. The electroshock thing. <laughs> I'm a bit of confused. I'm a bit on the confused side on that one. Would be the last thing I would think of. Would it though? I mean, it wouldn't be anything. I would, the fact that you would even think of it is yeah. ridiculous. It, it is very weird. So we got a new development here in the ship 
The Ever Given, which is owned by the company Evergreen, right. which is based in Japan, which got clogged in the Suez Canal and, and clogged everything up for a week and caused all that financial loss and hassle over there. And now you're starting to see some of these Evergreen trailers, the trailers that the containers that were on the ship, they're showing up now in photographs all around the Internet, blocking intersections everywhere. It's hilarious. That's sort of one of the jokes about it. But it's not really a joke. This thing cost millions of dollars, maybe even billions of dollars in trade being backed up in the Suez Canal for like seven days. Right. The Suez Canal is, is you know, it's right there at e- where Egypt is. And so Egypt and Africa, right? Yes. Yeah. Egypt has taken the ship basically and they have stashed it. They will not give the ship back to the company that owns it in they've, Japan. They've towed it essentially. They've, they're holding it hostage. They've kidnapped it, shipnapped it. Is, is that legal? I don't know. They're asking for $900 million from the company that owns the ship, which again is a Japanese company. Okay. And they say, you know, you cost us all these fees that we would have normally gotten over the course of that week from these ships passing through. Yeah, someone's have to go, going to have to go back and get a shipload of dimes. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this is a really weird situation. They're holding the ship hostage. Egypt is doing that, demanding a ransom of $900 million. It's like, it's like Mel Gibson. Give me back my ship. <laughs> In the movie Ransom. I, uh, I don't know that this is a legal thing. I'm sure that there's an international tribunal being compiled together. Thankfully, we have the Mark and Neanderthal, uh, legal expert on maritime affairs. 82 year old Canadian troubadour Gordon Lightfoot can help us sort this thing out. Thank you. The ship's in the deep freeze, Egypt won't set it free, till Japan gives them 900 million. Japan's not too psyched and says Egypt's acting like that organization that's run by Sicilians. Oh boy. Allegedly. (laughs) All right. Cover myself. All right. Yeah, good idea. That ship that got stuck cost us millions of bucks. Until you pay up, you cannot have it. That massive freight barge is parked in our tow yard. Once you pay, I'll have Goop to go grab it. (laughs) Sorry. It's full of sex toys for the girls and the boys, both the ugly and also quite handsome. We've stolen the ship, and if you want it, you will have to pay us a king's ransom. That's a true story, by the way. There were a bunch of sex toys on that ship. Yes, there are. <laughs> I, was, I don't know what they've delivered and haven't delivered that was on that ship, yeah. but it is literally being held hostage yes. in Egypt by Egypt until they get $900 million. It's it's safe to call this the Suez Canal hostage crisis. It is. Yeah, it's a little it, flashback to our childhood. It's a very, very weird situation. So. Yeah, we'll follow that up and see if we can't get you an update when things break free. Well, now, who are the people in your neighborhood? The people that you meet. 
this is that part of the week where we try to make the world a little bit a smaller place. Introduce you to people in your neighborhood that you haven't really officially met, but you got to describe them to people that have no chance of meeting them whatsoever. For example, I've renamed my back neighbor, the neighbor that's immediately behind me that usually has the yelping little dog that he only got because he's probably divorced and gets the kids on the weekend. So on the weekends, the dog is in the house, but during Monday through Friday, it's still in the backyard and yelping all the time. That's not his nickname. His new nickname is Brazilian Rainforest because he's decided that all of his yard clippings and tree trimmings should go into the garbage barrel on Monday right after the, the, the garbage men come pick it up. And so I can't put anything in the garbage barrel for the next six days. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that, actually. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Brazilian yeah. Rainforest, you jerk. All right, let's get some more here. 480-470-KSLX. Hey, good morning. I got a uh, neighborhood nickname for you guys. Tell us. Yeah, I uh, moved into uh, my neighborhood quite some time ago, and one of the first guys to pull up was one of my neighbors to say hello, and his teeth were just black, just nasty. And my wife and I lovingly started calling him Beans because his teeth looked like baked beans. <laughs> nice. And he's since had them fixed, and we're now friends. We play poker together, but at my house, my children and my wife still refer to him as Beans, and actually his wife as Mrs. Beans and his kid as Little Beans. <laughs> Now, question for you. Yep. Are you a Seinfeld watcher? Oh, absolutely. So I know exactly what you're referring so to. So that's where the baked bean teeth reference came from. Okay, very I'm nice. I'm sure that's where it came from in my brain when it all started. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, you got it. Have a great morning. See ya. I, I, manners have, have precluded me from asking the inevitable question. Does Beans know his name is Beans? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't I think so. Yeah. I don't think so. And, and like he's the gentleman said, because now it, now that you know him and he's your friend, it seems kind of rude. Well, he has had his teeth fixed, right? You know, so but the, he reta- but he's still he's called. retained yeah. the nickname. Yeah, yeah. So now it just and, seems now it just seems mean. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was that's an old Seinfeld episode where they're recalling a gym teacher when they went to school together, and right. they describe it. You know, he remember he had those terrible teeth. They looked like little baked beans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, there's your neighborhood nickname for this week. If you've got them, we always take them. You can give us a call at 480-470-KSLX. Well, now, who are the people in your neighborhood? The people that you meet each day. This is insane. So Bernie Madoff just died. Do you know who Bernie Madoff is? Bernie Madoff is the biggest, probably the biggest financial thief in the history of business. Yeah, it's the largest Ponzi scheme in history. Now, billions and billions of dollars he ripped off from people. He's ju- he died in a federal prison. The easiest way to explain a Ponzi scheme to you is robbing Peter to pay Paul. Let's say I borrow 10 bucks from Mark and I promise him twice his returns. I have to borrow 20 bucks from Guido to give Mark his money, which means I have to promise Guido 40 bucks back. So I got to get 40 bucks from how many investors that I need to do to yeah. cover my tracks. That's kind of how it works. You have to keep everything in motion for it to sustain itself. Yeah. Because once things stop, somebody is without their money that right. they're owed. Right. It's, and that's, it's, and, and that's, that's when it comes, comes crumbling down. That's kind of what the loan shark business does. That's how the loan shark business works as well. They just sort of take money and they charge you interest to try and cover their other loans that they're doing. It's really a bad thing. The list of people that Bernie Madoff screwed is unbelievable. Here, I just want to point out the largest group of people that he nailed was a company called Fairfield Greenwich Investors, or sorry, Advisors. Seven and a half 
billion dollars he got out of yeah. one out of one group yeah. of investors. He just kept getting money from people and and and, and corporations and entities and and colleges and he even he even fooled Larry King. Larry King was one of his victims. When Larry King found out about this, he doubled up on the garlic. <laughs> he was upset. He got Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's a huge producer. Like he, that, I think he does movies with Ron Howard. Yeah, he got Ajaja Gabor. He got Sandy Koufax, the legendary Hall of Fame pitcher. Uh, he got, and this is, I mean, you want to think about how low do you have to be to screw a humanitarian and Holocaust survivor out of their money? Yeah. Well, Jeff, uh, J- uh, Bernie Madoff got Ellie Wiesel. Yeah, who's like one of the most famous, famous Holocaust, Holocaust survivors. Yeah, yeah it's He it's got pr- unbelievable John, people. John Malkovich, the actor. Yep. Got it. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. He got both Steven Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg, who are two-thirds of the SKG production company. That's who Jeffrey Katzenberg is, yes. yes. Spielberg, Spielberg, Katzenberg, and David Geffen are some of yeah. the biggest. Phyllis George, the mother of the uh, the lovely Paula, what's her name, on uh, CNN? Yep, yep. No, Phyllis George was a sportscaster. Yep. He just di- died recently. Yeah. You know, had he fooled Henry Winkler, this would be a Fonzie scheme. Oh, I see what you did there. Ponzi yes, scheme. well done. Yes, thank you. Uh, and um, he also got... The lovely Hollywood couple, the beloved Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Kira Sedgwick. He fooled the closer. He fooled the closer, and he's one degree away from Kevin Bacon, and it's a horrible degree. So when Kevin Bacon heard about Bernie Madoff passing in prison this morning, he probably said, Let's dance! This seems like it's in poor taste, but you got to understand, it's hey, Bertie Madoff. Screw yeah, him. Yeah. Screw just, him. Just to put it in perspective, the guy we're talking about, he was turned in for his financial crimes by his two sons. Yeah. When your sons turn you in, yep. it does not say a lot about the quality of human being you are. This is Menendez brothers' anger. This yeah. is that level of anger yeah. without the same result. Although, I mean, it's unbelievable looking at this list. He literally, <laughs> Bernie Madoff screwed a guy named Ira Roth. Think about that. IRA Roth. Yes. He got them both. <laughs> what a jerk. When they called attendance Roth, IRA. IRA Roth. Anybody here? All right. He so. got every, he, he screwed several Jewish philanthrop- uh, philanthropic organizations. He screwed every bank in the world. I mean, the number, I'm trying to do the number, the amount of money that he screwed, there's no total. There's just so many million. It's in the hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. And it he, could be in the trillions. The guy who, I don't know if he still owns the Mets. Fred Wilpon was an owner of the Mets, and he may still be. He's one of the victims. So these are smart, accomplished people that he fooled and stole money from. All right, so, well, burn in hell, Bernie Madoff. Well, <laughs> This is the dumbass of the day, and some dumbassery is so unique that it has to have its own singular moment. Yeah. We'll give that dumbass its own moment. Well, this is just your regular, ordinary, run-of-the-mill dumbass of the day. <laughs> yes. This is in Winter Haven, Florida. How run-of-the-mill does that get, right? Florida? Winter Haven, that's where they have spring training. That's where the, the Grapefruit League plays. Yeah. some of the. I think the, the Mets might be in Winter Haven yeah, now. I know, I know the Red Sox are. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. So, in Winter Haven, Florida, 34-year-old Shantiria... Story. Wow. Was in the market for a new vehicle. I don't practice Shanteria. <laughs> Shanteria. Shanteria, Jesus. Had emailed one of the sales reps at a local Chevy dealership, the Chevy Center. 
and inquired about some vehicles. Are you saying Chanteria wanted a Chevy? That's exactly correct. A Chevy for Chanteria. Sounds yeah. like a, a Dr. Seuss yeah. book. Chanteria. I'm sorry. Yes. So the ride that really interested <laughs> Chanteria was a 2021 Chevy Equinox. <laughs> okay. And not wanting to deal with other sales associates trying to get her business, Chanteria arranged to meet this particular sales associate a week ago Monday at the Chevy Center. Okay. So the uh, you know the sales guy was probably pretty psyched when he saw Chanteria get dropped off by a friend around six o'clock in the evening because the friend then drove away. So the guy's probably thinking, "Hey, this gal is going to buy a crossover." Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Hell She's got yeah. no other way to get home. Right. So Chanteria, of course, asked for her test drive, and the associated he explained to her that because of COVID protocol, he could not accompany her on the test drive. But yes, by all means, take your test drive. Now, did they make you leave your driver's license or something like that in that well, situation? Well, here's the way it goes. Uh, Chanteria took the car out, promising, you know, short drive, she'll be right back. That was about 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 8 p.m., the sales guy kind of got the message. He picked up on the hint. She's not coming back. Is this a new car? Because <laughs> I think so, these new cars. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go. A uh, yeah. couple of things yeah. happened uh, prior to Shantiria leaving. Uh, one of them is that, yeah, he made a copy of her driver's license. Of course he did. And the other is that at some time previous to this... The low jack had been installed of in the course, vehicle. Of course it has. To, to the surprise of no one except Shantiria. That's what Shantiria means. It means I did not know that. <laughs> Shantiria is Floridian for dumbass. Yeah. yeah, that is why she is the Mark and Neanderthal dumbass of the day. Oh, boy. I think that is a beautiful story you just told. Roadrunner Harley Davidson is our Dumbass of the Day sponsor, and we thank them. They're at 159th Avenue and McDowell Road in Goodyear. Now open, they're the newest Harley dealership in the Valley. I, you know, I, I laugh and shake my head at this story. What happened? It's actually a little bit offensive to me. Okay. Um, you, you, you mentioned that yesterday. We were talking behind the scenes. It's in Milwaukee. Oh, 27-year-old dad, yeah, 27-year-old father yep. who was arrested for trying to get into an elephant enclosure mm-hmm. in the, mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess it would be the zoo there. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I don't feel bad about this. I'm going to say it right now. I root for the elephant in these situations. Uh, yeah. I root for the elephant. I want the elephant to stomp this guy's <laughs> head like a grape. I really do. It, it, I just think that's the only way we're going to learn. We're only going to learn. And the other, here's the sad part. You go into their enclosure. The elephant stomps your head like a grape. The elephant gets put down. Because you did something wrong. You know, and he didn't get in, luckily. Good. For him and the elephant. All right. Uh, But they caught him on the second fence. You know, it was a barbed wire thing, and he's trying to get in there. Now, they grab him. He's 27 years old. And they asked him, what are you doing? And here's the offensive part. He said, trying to impress my daughter. That's why he did it. What is that? That's the sound of an angry elephant. <laughs> that's what. That's the sound you hear right before yeah. your head gets stomped like a grape. Yeah. Yeah, he was lucky that didn't happen to him. Uh, wanted to impress his daughter, 27-year-old dad. Now, here's the thing, Mark. I'm, I'm not a father for obvious reasons. You know what I find that would impress your daughter? Not being gored or crushed by an elephant in the zoo enclosure. Yeah. In the, yeah. What are you doing? What What is wrong? You know what's yeah. no, you know what's really impressive to a girl? Having a father when they grow up. Yeah. That Here's, wasn't killed by an elephant yeah. because you were you acted like an idiot. Yeah. You want to be impressive as a dad? Here's an idea. Okay. 
be around every day. <laughs> be a steady influence yes. in your daughter's life. Be something she can count on wherever she needs you, whenever she needs you. Je- try that. I know it's not as exciting. I know you won't get as many likes yeah. on social media. Yeah. You won't go viral doing that, but give it a shot. Do you suppose on her wedding day after she graduates from uh, Harvard University having invented the cure for cancer and AIDS, they say to her, well, what was the turning point in your life? It was like, you know, I was six years old. We were at the zoo and my father got into the elephant enclosure. Yeah. It was changed everything. It was yep. the tipping point of my life. My hero. Do you think yeah, that happened? Uh, it, Said nobody ever. Yeah, right. Um, dummy. It's uh, like, you know, I, I'm glad the elephant wasn't harmed. Uh, As, really, that's in the end. Me too. I, I'm, I'm sad the other guy wasn't harmed. I just feel <laughs> like that's karmic justice. He, he got a $263 fine. That's it? Which I'm going to bet he's not able to pay. No, no, he could probably pay that. Be like, see this, honey? You should always own up to your debts. Yeah. Are you impressed yet? <laughs> yes. Hey, that would be impressive if he pays his debts. Yeah. I just, you know, maybe I'm taking this too seriously. If I'm if I'm wrong, let me know. It's 480-470-KSLX. Am I wrong? To, it, this, it's just, you I, know, raising kids is I serious know. work. Okay? I know. That's why I don't and, have them. And I was there every day. And I still made a mountain of mistakes, but it's far less likely that you'll make those mistakes if you're there as opposed to trying to get proximity to a pachyderm. Here's the thing. I'm clearly not responsible enough to manage my own life. That's why I made the conscious decision not to have kids. So although I am unqualified to comment on being a parent, I was smart enough to know that I'm unqualified to be a parent. Right. Yeah. Found this offensive. Yeah, I, you know, shouldn't that headline not, read "Stupid Man Gored yeah. by Elephant"? Stupid man knows nothing about being a parent. Moron. Uh, so amazing. We'll reset what we we're talking about here. <laughs> This was in Milwaukee. 27-year-old guy gets caught trying to climb into an elephant enclosure at a zoo in Milwaukee. And they said to him, what are you doing? You know, they, they, they caught him. He was trying to climb over this second barbed wire fence to get in there. And he said, I was trying to impress my daughter. And we're just talking about, you know, that's, that's not what you do when you're a dad. It's, no. It, it's, it, it, it really turns my stomach, you know. There's, there's it, it's really aggravating. And, and I take the other side of it because I'm not a parent. But I do understand I love animals. And, and, I, and when you have these animals, look, you know, animals trapped in a zoo is, is, is another total issue. But if an animal is in its enclosure, that's its entire world. And imagine you in your home. Somebody invades your home. Oh, what is, sure. what is your natural I mean, reaction? Yeah, Their instinct is to do that. So what would happen is if that animal had done and, and defended its own territory or maybe it had a young, you know, an offspring or something like that and killed this guy, what happens? They would have put that animal down because some guy was was acting the fool. Yeah. I mean, that's only one of the reasons why this yeah. is stupid. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, the craziest thing is that he thought that he said he was trying to impress his daughter. If you want to be impressive to your daughter, don't be on the other side of two barbed wire fences and leave your daughter alone. Right, exactly, yes. That's one item right there. Yes. And the other is to be around for your daughter and be there every day. Don't be impressive. Be a steady influence to teach her how to do well. I could have gotten so more if at an early age I had seen him climb into a, an elephant enclosure yep. or maybe in with the crocodiles. Yep. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed now. You, yep. know? you should be. <laughs> I probably could have had a Nobel prize by now. Yep. You, know? you would have been a better person. <laughs> yep. if, if his dad had All only right, man, done thanks. that. All right.
Big yeah. Hawkeye. You know, yep. he was there joking go. around. He goes, he goes, I got so many great things from my dad. If only he had climbed into an elephant yep. enclosure, though. Well, I mean, that's, I think, you know, if there's a psychiatrist listening right now, I think you should advise all your patients today to climb into elephant enclosures to help their kids develop properly. I took my daughter the other day to play video games because that's what she wanted to go do there. And we had a ball. You know, but if he was a real impressive dad, he would have stolen one of those video games yeah, on or, the way or, out. Or killed an actual dragon. <laughs> yes. Something you know, like that. Uh, you miss, this guy's missing the point so greatly. Yeah. That's why it's so, again, you know, e- even if you're around all the time, you're still going to make mistakes. But sure. you have a shot at doing things right mm-hmm. if you're around. It's like, you know, I never said to my daughter, hey. Watch me knock this row of motorcycles over <laughs> outside the Dirty Dog Saloon. <laughs> You'll be very impressed by this. What's yeah. ha- what's happening, bud? Yeah, you're not wrong about children. Hey, when my daughter was growing up, anytime she said, hey, Dad, look at me, I made sure to pay attention to her, not what was going on around me. And she appreciated that through her whole life. Yeah. Yeah, and even still... Even still, you made mistakes, but sure. at least at least you had a good chance of doing the right thing. Yeah. Still making mistakes. One of the proudest moments of my life was when my daughter was complaining about her teacher. And I asked her if she thought she was smarter than her teacher. And she goes, oh, yes, I am. And then I asked her if she thought she was smarter than me. And she said, I don't know. I said, well, you better be or we're not going to evolve. <laughs> That's yeah. a very good that, point right yeah. there. I, I, and, I, and again, I don't have kids, but I assume, ask me, I mean, tell me if I get this right. A parent's job is to try and make sure your kid is better off than you ever were. Like, that's your job is to try and make them Here's, have a better opportunity to, for success. I, I would agree with that. And uh, I would say that um, something my sister said to me that I always remembered is we're not raising children. We're raising adults. That's okay, the end yeah. goal. Yeah. Here's That's the, the end game. Here's one thing, and it, maybe it was a missed opportunity in my life, but my father never, ever used the phrase, hold my beer, <laughs> ever. And when we were kids, of course, that was my mother's job. Right. I was drinking water when he said that. I almost, some of it's in my nostrils right now. <laughs> the back way. All right. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, that was nice. Thank you. That well, was a touching, uh, touching father-son moment. It burns a little bit. Now I know why they hate waterboarding. <laughs> Okay, so um, it's Mark and Neander, Paul. You're right over there. You want to to call a medic? I just wanted to regroup where we were. (laughs) This is such an interesting story to me because uh, when you hear stories about restaurants and somebody leaving – uh, a, a bill behind on the table. Right. And when that bill becomes newsworthy, it's usually because of two things. What do, what do you think those two things are? Uh, well, obviously, huge tip. A server leaving a huge tip. Or, or a, a customer leaving a huge tip. Yeah, or... Uh I don't know, some sort of weird note, like, you know, yes. the way, yeah, a weird note, like like whatever they ordered or was strange. I don't know. We, well, we've Receipt been, number, re- I don't know. We've been seeing a lot over the past couple of years, you know, waitress receives racist note. Oh, yeah. On, on All right, bill. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so either, either huge tip or racist note. Yes. And, you know, usually the waitress, lead, you know, then needs a GoFundMe sure. to help her recover from right. it. Yeah, I understand. You know, and I'm not saying that racism is good. It's not. That's a very bold stance yeah. you've taken there. But, uh this is this is fun stuff. In Chandler, there's a place called Grub Stack. That's the name of the restaurant. Right. And uh, I guess they serve stacks of grub. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, good for your for your dollar. I would think so. Um, a customer there, it was a couple that comes in a lot. They're regulars. Their bill was 36 bucks. You know what their tip that they left was? A racist note. No. Oh. It was $800. Whoa. It's a nice tip. 
<clears throat> yeah, it's just the tip, just for a second. Just to see how it feels. And that feels pretty good. Yeah, go ahead. Leave it there. Yes. $800. Now, I was thinking, and this is a cool story, and right. I don't mean to minimize it in any Absolutely. way. Absolutely. No, just, it's awesome. I was just looking at it. I was like, I was just thinking, what if it were both? What if they left an $800 tip and, and a racist note? Well, I'm not saying do it because, again, that's wrong. But well, just I, play I, pretend with me for a moment. OK, I'm going to use this weird to think about. I'm going to use the law of inverse proportions here and just say one cancels out the other. How much is that tip? That's right. You, For $800, yeah, I'll let yeah. you call me a certain level of, right, I'll yeah. let you invoke a certain level of racism on me, but it has to be more than 20% yeah. is what I I'm just, saying. I just thought that would really be an interesting story, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know? I would. Th- what's on the special today? Well, we have the racist tip. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you've got the racist <laughs> note is always a story. The big gigantic tip is always a story. Combine those and you got a big story right Yeah, there. I would think they you know, uh, how much was the meal? $54 and tip. $9,000, you insert slur here. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Enjoy so, it. Don't spend it all, you, yes. <laughs> you irresponsible minority slur here. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, as we finish up this segment, just one piece of advice. If your customer does give you an $800 tip on a $36 bill, you know what not to say? No. What are you, big time in me? Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. Ever. Say thank you very, very much. Yes. But not in that accent, because that would be racist. <laughs> I'm doing, doing latka there. It is 9 o'clock. So let's get into the big three at 9. Some sound clips we have grabbed for you through the morning that producer Guido's been working on. First one's an interesting one. You know the show The Bachelor? Yep. It's uh, I've never watched the show. I don't like no reality, reality shows that are actually fake. Yeah. But, um, you know, they have one good-looking guy and, what is it, 12? I don't know what it is. I don't 12, know. 15 a, a beautiful dozen, women. Whatever. A bunch. A bevy. A cadre, if you will. A harem. And he is supposed to pick the one he's going to spend forever with. Of course, it never works. No. Because that's not the way you fall in love. No. Nope. Colton Underwood is a guy who was the bachelor. He was also an NFL player, mm-hmm. but he was on Good Morning America yesterday making uh, a somewhat stunning admission. Obviously, like this year's been a lot for a lot of people, and it's probably made a lot of people look themselves in the mirror and figure out who they are and what they've been running from or what they've been putting off in their lives. And for me, um, I've ran from myself for a long time. I've hated myself for a long time, and... I'm gay. There you go. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, you know, that's a, a hell of a way to come out on national television. Yeah, and he doesn't sound really comfortable saying it yet. Well, I'm sure, he's yeah, he's getting used to things. Yeah, he's working um, on it. I mean, look, it takes a lot of balls to, com- to come out in front of millions of people yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. hard to do it just in front of the people you know, I'm yep. sure. Yeah, that's that's, but that's a tough call right there. That, you know, if you want, and I don't say this to joke around, if you want a litmus test as to whether you're gay or not... The Bachelor is a great place to do it. I mean, if the if you don't feel what I would feel and what you would feel when you've got those women sure, yeah. in front of you, yeah. Um, then yeah, maybe yeah, you know. And and if you are who you are, that's okay. Yeah, no, yeah be who yeah. you are. It's interesting because he wrote a book about it about you know because he allegedly fell in love with a girl on on The Bachelor, and in the book he was adamant about the fact that The Bachelor let him know that he was straight. 
So he was questioning it even yeah. when he went into The Bachelor. Interesting. Um, so he, he didn't quite know what was going on, and now he does sort of know what's going on. And again, one of the interesting things about this is another example of a guy who played in the National Football League who was still had to stay in the closet yeah. because, he, because he couldn't be who he is. And in a cruel twist of misfortune, he also played the position of tight end. Do with with, it, with with what that with what you need to do and moving on. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, that just doesn't seem fair. All right, so Mick Jagger is not slowing down. Uh, he's got a new. This is a solo song. While the Stones are still working on stuff, he just whipped something up himself. Yeah. Al- although the song "Easy Sleazy," he did have some help from a guy named Dave Grohl. We played together on Saturday Night Live. We did a couple of Stone shows together. We, you know, we kind of kept in touch, and I really like his style. And I said, well, what do you think? Would you like to do something? And he said, send me the song. He said, I'm going in tomorrow. I love it. So he just did it like, straight away. You know? Yeah, he's and, and, it, and, and just to give you an idea of what Mick Jagger with Dave Grohl sounds like. There you go. There you go. So that's, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's Mick Jagger doing his best John Lydon. It's a snotty sort of punky song where he's he's talking about things that are uncomfortable. And, he's attacking and, conspiracy theories yeah, yep. and so forth. And doing and all that make, stuff. Makes, yeah. makes a little bit of fun of flat earthers and so forth. Yeah. Um, and, and, it's, and it sounds pretty good. Yeah. And speaking of fun, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, is having a good time and doing pretty well hosting Jeopardy. In the 1960s, these Midwesterners earned five NFL championship trophies. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Dennis, go Try again. Try for 600. They swept over the NBA, winning the title every year from 1959 to 1966. Eric? We're the Boston Celtics. Oh, you know that one, huh? Okay. <laughs> That's great. Good see, timing. See, there is a great example of why I think Aaron Rodgers could do this job. Because mm-hmm. he's got a little bit of snark in him, a little bit of fun in him that I don't think any other game show. Maybe Drew Carey has a little bit of it on the uh, on the uh, Price is Right. Here's why I think he'll get the job. Now, I've talked to some other people who are big Jeopardy fans. They say he's not as good as some of the other guest hosts that have been on. Right. But name value. Aaron Rodgers is a guy who can bring other eyes to Jeopardy. Football fans. Okay. So, there's a chance of increasing the audience. Uh, does Jeopardy need a bigger audience? Everybody needs a bigger audience. I, I guess so, Everybody yeah. wants a bigger audience. Yeah, if we don't deserve it, who does? Yeah. All there's right. your big three at nine. We'll do it again tomorrow, same time here at KSLX. Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud, huh? 100.7 KSLX. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Season's greetings. Hey, dude, shoes here. Is there anything better than going home for the holidays? Of course not. Well, that's exactly how your toes feel after slipping on a pair of Hey Dude shoes. Hey Dude makes the lightest, comfiest, and coziest shoes out there. 
They make each step as holly and jolly as can be. So, give the gift of comfy this holiday season. Welcome home for the holidays, Toes. Hey, dude, good to go to. 